Well, Oregon's picked up a pair of commitments in the last couple of days, and both have got real starting potential for the Ducks, but different paths to getting there. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked on Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day and your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks, which is why if you haven't already, like, comment, subscribe, rate, review the show wherever you listen to or watch it. Today we have Brian Smith. He is our insider on the recruiting trail here at the Locked On Network. He's at FBScout underscore Florida on Twitter. If you want to follow all the stuff that he's got over there, it is grind season for Brian right now because it's a day that ends in Y. Right, Brian? That's Unfortunately, that is true. I, I wish you had reminded me of that, but that I haven't taken a day off literally in over three years in complete capacity. Literally. Oh my goodness. Get the man. Well, actually, maybe don't get him a break. We like the insight that he brings. So, man, but, you are cruel. That is harsh. I do it for the people. For the people, Brian. Okay, the, whatever. That's what bad rulers often say, too. But anyway, okay. Uh, just don't be surprised when Brian shows up with an Oregon State shirt on the show one day. So, uh, let's talk about the two commitments the Ducks have landed the last couple of days, neither of which have, have moved their recruiting class ranking at this point in time, which we might talk about a, a little bit later, but let's start with, with the big one, literally the, the big one. <laughs> well said. Yeah, Jaquan McCroy is six foot eight. He is 365 pounds. This fall, Brian, he's going to play against high school kids. Now, he's playing in Alabama, so it's not as if there's a shortage of big-time, power-five-capable players down there. But first thing I want to ask you with him, is there such a thing as being too big of a big guy? Because, boy, he seems like he's pushing the, the limit there. Yes and no. I mean, his athleticism for his size is pretty darn good. I was watching his film again today. I've seen it several times. But he can bend at the knees and move in space. Like, I mean, I, I told you about this several days ago. I met him when he was a freshman in high school. And when they told me he was a freshman and I'm standing there, kind of looked at the coach like, I know you're lying to me. And he's like, no, look, for real, for real. Because <laughs> he was 330, 340, something. Oh, I my what it was. gosh. And at that time, we had no idea because he was just getting started. We didn't know if he was even going to be an FCS kid. But I'm like, that is just ridiculous. Whatever your mom did to feed you to get you to this point was expensive. So... He could move in space, though, man, and that's the difference. Most offensive tackles, the difference is the pass protection and the screens. I looked at him, and you kind of say, ah, he's got to play right tackle. I'm not sure. He could probably play some left tackle. At first glance, you wouldn't say so, but, yeah, he's he's special. And, by the way, he plays at a high school that's going against a lot of dudes, so he's he needs the size. So he's got the the size part def, definitely checked off. So at 6'8", 365. Do you think that's what his playing weight will end up being? Do you think he almost maybe needs to come down a bit to play tackle and stay nimble enough to keep up with, you know, edge prospects like the guys, you know, like Elijah rushing, we're going to talk about later. It depends on what you want to do offensively, but your point about rushing is a really, really good one. At some point it's third and 11 and everybody's offense is still predictable. You can run it if you want, but then you're probably punting. So if you don't have guys that can handle edge rushers, you're in trouble. I don't like him in that matchup right now, but it's not the weight I'm concerned about. It's how it's distributed. He just needs to change his body. 
And what's I'm not picking on any high school, but even IMG, which has two weight rooms, it's still different at the college level because the kids are older. They have more time with the strength and conditioning coach. He may weigh 350, 370. I don't know what it'll be, but you're going to look at a photo two years from now and you're going to say, except for the face, this doesn't look like the same human being. And that's the difference between winning football and losing. He's got to want it, though. Um, there, there's a kid at another school I won't name that recently got in trouble because they videoed him, even though he's supposed to lose weight, and he was carrying not not one, but two boxes of pizza into his room. That did not go over well with the coaching mm. staff at that school. Yeah, that's not going to fly. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's you know, if you're losing weight, pizza bad. That's the kind of thing you have to take into consideration. How much do you want it? I mean, God bless him with the size. I mean, it's it's utterly ridiculous. If he takes to the training in Oregon's strength program, is fantastic. He's got a chance to be an all pack 12 kind of guy and eventually play in the NFL. Is he the sort of guy who you, you think can play as a true freshman, or do you think he needs that developmental component? Like going into the spring of, of next year, is he somebody who I could talk about as, you know, almost like a Josh Connerly type who is a true freshman is going to see the field or Brandon Baker, who we'll talk about in, in just a moment. Is he that sort of guy, or do you think that, you know, because of his enormous size, that makes him both an intriguing prospect and a bit of a developmental piece? I think you hit it right. Um, he could play a little bit, but he's got to take another step this year, and that's why you play your senior year. Right. And then you go through spring. Well, I assume he'll be an early enrollee. It would really be good if he can be. I have no idea what his academic situation is. But getting a spring as an offensive lineman, man, that for a true freshman that's that big – Going through the, the strength program, an extra, yeah, that would be good. Uh, the other part of that, again, is still just how much does he want it? Because there are certain kids that will lose 20 pounds because they just changed their diet over a couple of months before they enroll at a school, et cetera. How much does this young man want to play for the Ducks and play immediately? Because cannot teach the size, brother. No, you, you definitely cannot. And I think that Oregon's offensive line room – going into next spring, going to have plenty of, of talent, plenty of bodies in there. But I also get the sense that with offensive linemen, there's more of an understanding of playing right away is pretty rare, right? I mean, Panay Sewell started as a true freshman at left tackle, arguably the most important position. It's either left tackle or center. Yeah, he ended up being a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. Josh Connerly was a part of a regular package a year ago. If Oregon didn't have such a good offensive line, probably starts at left tackle last year probably is going to be the starter at left tackle this year. Those guys are, I think, kind of out of outside of the norm because they are just that that talented or able to do that. Like that's not normal with offensive linemen. Typically you got to get your body into uh, that kind of shape. But speaking of offensive tackles for for the Ducks, Brian, we, we've talked for a while about Brandon Baker. He's the number one offensive tackle in the country, modern day high school right in Southern California, which is where Oregon has had a lot of recruiting success over the past several seasons. They are in on Brandon Baker. They have a chance with Brandon Baker. Does landing Jaquan McCroy at all impact the likelihood that that, that Baker would, would come to the Ducks? Or is he the sort of guy where he knows any school he goes to, he's going to show up and start as a tackle one day one? I don't know if he'll start anywhere day one, but it'd be very few that he wouldn't. Uh, he has more technique than most kids his size, and he's got a gift for physicality. And he's also from modern days, which means he's been tested. He plays in the freaking Trinity League in L.A., which is as good as it gets. So all that together, yeah, he's, he's an impact recruit. As far as the Ducks go, man, his, his recruitment is on lockdown. 
I don't know where he's going to end up, but if Dan Lanning in any way, shape, or form stops recruiting him, Ducks fans should know that it's all your fault because that is a terrible <laughs> mistake. It is all all on yeah. Spencer McLaughlin. <laughs> Ouch! Now the pressure. Now the pressure's on. <laughs> pressure's on on on, on big time stop there. Recruiting big. I mean, for, for the love of mankind, right? Certain players like Baker come along so often that are in your proximity that are not only talented. Again, he's at modern day. He's getting different coaching. It's just true. He's taken two or he wouldn't reach this level. He's going to be more polished at a position that usually, to your point, takes longer to play. Baker is a kid that can play. Like even by the end of his freshman year, if he went to Georgia, it wouldn't surprise me if he was playing. It's not like Georgia's hurting on the offensive line. So right. he's a really special talent. Right. And he's not going to look at, you know, a commitment of a guy like McCroy, who's, you know, no, really that isn't going to make any difference. Right. It's not it's not going to register with him at, at all because he's he's that sort of guy. So I want to talk about Dejon Riggs uh, as well. I believe that's how uh, we're pronouncing his name. If anybody knows for certain, I would very much be in the business <laughs> of uh, of wanting to get that right. But uh, we definitely need to talk about him. We also need to talk about FanDuel as well because you can take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. So you just bet 20 bucks and you land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you could bet on everything from the money line to the over-under to who's going to hit the first home run. You can bet college football as well. There are point spreads out there because we're close enough to the season, which is darn exciting if you ask me where you can bet individual games. Goodness gracious, give me college football and give it to me now. But you can go get action on FanDuel right now as you listen to or watch this show. All in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, second segment sip complete. Let's go. Let's go on here, Brian, to Dejon Riggs, who is a three-star running back from the Washington D.C. area. I see him, uh, and you know, I watched uh, a good amount of his huddle highlights and whatnot, and I see a lot of one of Oregon's current running backs in Noah Whittington. I talked about that on yesterday's show. I think uh, he's a little bit taller than, than Whittington. Whittington's a little bit more like a bowling ball, but. The, the lateral movement, the breakaway speed, you know, not necessarily the, the most uh, dynamic all the time, but de- definitely has that next gear to, to pull away and just the, the balance, low center of gravity. That's what I see from him. What do you see from Dejon Riggs? He's one of the most annoying guys in the country to get to the ground. <laughs> like there was a couple of plays that were really odd. Like he had three guys on him and not only did he get away, he got away and it made it look easy. He's very slippery. For a 200-pound guy, which is weird to say. Uh, Lachlan, who is the running back coach for the Ducks, is a great fit. He's put a lot of guys in the NFL, and this is the kind of kid he wants. He wants an all-around back that can pass protect, that can catch, be a big play guy down the field, but he, he needs all three, not just one category. And this kid's going to come in from a physical strength size and just power to do that. The Ducks are going to have some power anyway. With Some of the guys they've got on the roster are going to continue it. I would be surprised if he if he didn't compete for playing time by the end of his freshman year. He's a really good football player. You think that he can be that sort of guy maybe by the end of his freshman year that, that sure. competes? You got to learn the system and all that, sure. Right, right. I I think it depends on what happens with the Oregon running back room because 
you got Bucky Irving and Noah Whittington in there. Now, if they both go to the NFL, that creates a, a, a I void. I would be surprised if at least one did. Wouldn't you think? Pro- probably. Running backs leave more than anything because it's a it's a physicality thing. That's it's yeah, that's true. Now, and Teams I'm looking like at it that way. That's just you got to have four. Like I've been told this by college running, like a minimum, like four that can play because guys right. are going to get hurt. Yeah, I, I I think that's true, and it applies to the NFL as well. Like you're going to see four oh, running backs on, on the field, and I I think Irving and Whittington certainly have that sort of talent. I don't think they're you know high round draft picks or anything like that. I don't you think can they're go to the fourth round though, man. You want to get there and get your money. I, I I agree, I agree, and I just wonder if they'll have the Bo Nix calculation, which is if he'd gone out into the NFL draft last year, Bo Nix is probably what a fourth, fifth, maybe sixth round draft pick. You know, somebody takes a flyer. He comes back this year. If Oregon, you know, wins the Pac-12, goes to the playoff, Bo Nix is now looking at what? A second round draft pick? A first the round? The difference right. of money is insane. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge, huge jump. So I think that calculation will, will be there. But I think with Riggs in the room, I look at Oregon's running back depth one way or the other and say, boy, I, I feel really good about where they are at. And, you know, Riggs is not uh, a, a world-beating recruit in the eyes of the recruiting services right now. But I, I look at him and I say, I, I feel like he can be a contributing player. Whether or not he could do that in year one, I think depends on what happens in the running back room. But if you told me right now, Irving and Whittington, you know, move on. Yeah, I could see Riggs getting carries next year and being a productive player in Oregon's offense. I would bet on him playing even if only one of those left because of the size. Pass protection for freshmen is always the problem at running back. You can't have your quarterback getting smacked. Right. I don't care if he's a 4-3 guy. It just doesn't work, man. You, you cannot lose your quarterback. But he has the physical size. He's already 200, 205 pounds. Yeah, somewhere around there. That makes a big difference. And he showed it on film, play after play, that he loves physicality. So those short yardage situations, he's going to find a way into the rotation. I'm not saying he's going to start. Those things take care of themselves. But he'll be in their top four by the end of the season next year. Yeah, and I, I would think a guy like Dante Dowdell is, you know, like let's say Irving oh, and Whittington move on. Dowdell looks like, boy, that could be a number one guy. Jordan James, we've already seen. We know that he's capable, at the very least, in short yardage situations at an elite level. But I think he's got more ability than we we really think of, you know, between the, the 30s, essentially. And I, I just think the depth is, is really, really good and really strong in there. And that's why I feel like Riggs will have kind of a, a, a taller task in terms of playing as a true freshman because of who could be in front of him. But it definitely depends on what uh, on what those those top two guys do, because they're certainly Oregon's top backs uh, going into this year. I, I wanted to ask you, Brian, about the league that Riggs plays in over there in in Washington, D.C., is it you know closer to you know what McCroy and, and and Baker are playing in in these high level leagues? Is it closer to you know four A Oregon high school football or something like that? It's not giving you a whole like a lot of anything, right? Like 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 what level of competition is he going up against? Because when I see traits of a power five quality running back like Noah Whittington, I think well I don't know that kind of seems like it should be maybe a four star recruit, but he's not, you know, particularly highly ranked or or rated. So does it have to do with the competition of the league that he's in? A little bit of both. Uh DC per capita, and again, that's a big city, puts a ton of guys in the NFL and it's always one of the tops. The thing about it is it's the Catholic League and the private school league. I forget what it's called there. 
all the kids go there. The public league, I mean, the public school system in D.C. is terrible. Everybody sends their kid to the, those programs and they scholarship. You're going against guys. Dylan Stewart and all those kind of players are out there. They have big-time talent at every school. There could be a school that's under 500 sending a kid to Maryland or Virginia Tech or something. So you're going to go up against a lot of players. Is it quite to the level of the Trinity League in, in L.A.? I don't know about that. It's, it's in the realm, though. So every week he's going to see somebody that's good. And quite honestly, he just ran through it. So that's the other part of it. D.C. kids, usually tough as nails. I'll take that every time. Does, does a ranking or a rating for a high school player at all reflect the caliber of league that, that, that they play in? Can that lead to a guy being under or overrated, frankly? Both, again. Uh, one of the reasons they will get scouted is because you want to go to games as a scout where there are a bunch of guys on the field, one-stop shopping. That's why some kids go to it can be Oregon or wherever else, like Dowdell played in Mississippi. Look, he's not going to get scouted as much there. It's the middle of nowhere where he's playing. Every school's got like one kid. It's the worst state in the country to scout. It's a pain. Florida, where I live, I can go to a game and there's literally 20 kids on the field at some point. They're going to play Division One football. Right. Where, where do you think I want to be on a Friday night? Yeah, in 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 whatever city that is in in Florida, there because 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 it's easier, right? Like it's just it's more it's more efficient. You have to spend money to go to these places. Like that's yeah, that that definitely makes a, a lot of sense there. So let's let's shift over to uh, the ever looming conversation with Oregon's recruiting class right now for twenty twenty four, which as we mentioned is still number eight nationally. Hasn't moved with the McCroy or or the Riggs commitments, but could move if they get a couple of five stars. But but real quick, Brian is. Do you think that these commitments kind of helped Oregon stay at number eight? Or do you think that it wasn't going to make a huge impact one way or, or the other with where they're currently sitting in, in, in next year's recruiting race? I think long term it will help. I, I would be surprised if both those kids don't move up the rankings with where they are now and what I think they'll be by the end of their senior senior year. Now, Jaquan, is, he has a chance to really shoot up. Because, like, he plays at a program where everybody's scout. Like, if you live in the greater Birmingham area, you're going to go watch him play. Right. Whether you intended to or not. Yeah, it's and Bo Nix's hometown, right? Uh, Bo is Phoenix City. No, it's different. That's Phoenix City's west. Oh, okay. Or, or excuse me, east. But I think they're both – but they're both, like, the Pinson, Alabama kind of area. Like, that. Yeah, I mean, you're not that far from each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The point is this. You're looking at a lot of players and – you're going to see him play. You're going to see him go against pass rushers. The Birmingham area is loaded with defensive linemen. He's going to get scouted, even if you're looking at the guy in front of it. So he has a chance to move up the ranking. So long-term, it'll help Oregon. And again, the running back, Riggs, is just really good. He's underrated, but it's because he's not flashy. Look, you're not always going to sign a 4-4 guy. He's probably going to run 4-6 on the gun, but he's also going to run over your middle linebacker. Lachlan took a guy that's efficient and effective. So, and he is a tremendous scout. I'll take his word every time. Yeah, I, I think we have definitely grown to really like and appreciate Carlos Lachlan. And I think he knows what he is looking for. You know, the backs that Oregon has now and in the future, they have distinct styles, but they have similar traits in that none of them, except maybe Jaden Lamar, feel like they're, you know, specialists exclusively, right? Like Jordan James was the short yardage back, but he's capable of doing more. 
And Bucky Irving and Noah Whittington can be goal linebacks, short yardage, long runs, catch the ball. They do a little bit of everything. I think the other trait with these Lachlan guys are they're very well balanced. They stay on their feet very well, low center of gravity. I, I think that's a, a big thing that, that they do. Um, and I like that. I mean, the, the results in year one, pretty pretty darn hard to, to argue with if you're a duck. That's what he had at Memphis, too. He put like five guys in the NFL out of Memphis. Not easy. When you're coming out of the American, that's not that is that is is, he can evaluate and then obviously the development is self-explanatory. Right. Yeah, we've we've seen that as well. Okay. Five stars. We got Elijah Rushing and Justin Williams, both kind of the hottest, I think, five star names. I mean, Baker is certainly in the mix, but Baker's timeline is much more drawn out. This show is airing on on July 5th. Elijah Rushing is expected to commit tomorrow. And is that what you're still hearing, Brian, that he's going to commit tomorrow? And if so, <laughs> where do you hear where do you hear Oregon being in the mix? Uh, I always hate it when I hear these dates, because whenever I start an article or I, I make a phone call, it always seems inevitably that something has changed. So I'm not going to start anything because I'll jinx it for one. But I did hear it's going to be the next day. It's not my fault if it doesn't work out that way. These kids do change. Oh, don't get me started. Don't get me started. That is something that drives me bananas. But at the same time, I've also heard it's going to be Oregon or Tennessee. Which one it ends up being, I do not know. Once you get down to the very end, and it's two two schools that he enjoyed both trips, I'm not going to sit there and say one thing or the other. If I had to guess, I'd say Oregon because it's the West Coast school. But Tennessee really played a big part in his recruitment, so they can win too, and they desperately need defensive help. So I'll, I'll go Oregon, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked if you picked Tennessee. Yeah, Tucson kid out of the state of Arizona, five-star edge prospect, who, whose name I, I first mentioned on the show literally a year ago because he was kind of the headline 2024 visitor that Oregon had during a big recruiting weekend last year so this is a guy who the ducks have been after for a long time they're one of the early you know schools to to really consistently have been in the mix for i i think we're well over a calendar year uh, at this point and that would be potentially another foundational piece for the ducks uh, defensively there as they look to continue to bolster the defensive line beyond uh, this season but another guy who can help you defensively is justin williams number one linebacker in the country a lot of heavy hitters going after him here brian is Oregon in a good position here? And do you have an idea of what his timeline is? Ooh, Brian, Ryan's, for those on podcast, Brian's rubbing his hands together like an evil cartoon villain. He's, he's excited <laughs> about this one. This is one of those that I love because it has a little extra drama. Not only is Georgia involved, Georgia's involved with a California kid, which when I was growing up, the chances of Georgia signing a California kid would be about the chances of you wearing that Oregon State Beaver shirt on your show. <laughs> They didn't, I mean, it was nothing against Georgia. They just, they didn't have to recruit California, right? They just didn't. You say to Georgia's freaking loaded. So they've always recruited locally and been a top 20 program. It's just pretty simple. They came all the way out to get this kid for a reason. A, is great. B, he doesn't talk enough to the guys like me. So there's a little intrigue there. And then Oregon always does get the kids from LA. I've heard things on both ends and I don't know where he's going. And I'm just very interested. That's why I did this because I'm like, <laughs> I'm like a recruit. I'm a fan too. I'm a recruiting analyst, but I'm a fan too. I will know when you know if he were to announce tomorrow. I have not heard of it. Maybe he doesn't have an answer to that too. That could. That's okay. 
I please don't be that kid that commits four times. I always tell every kid that off to the side and at seven on, don't be that guy. But think about that. USC, I don't think is in the top two, which is weird to me because they were always in it for kids from that area when I was growing up. Of course, USC's defense isn't viewed quite like its offenses in current modern day. So one or the other, and there's always a chance that another school will get involved, but we're going to Oregon and Georgia here. Those, so it's, it's just Oregon and Georgia, but this, okay. But does he, do you know, do you know what his timeline kind of is when he could be committing? Certainly going to be after Elijah rushing, right? Which is expected to be tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's a specific date. I have not heard that. Okay. Gotcha. Well, I like that Oregon is in the running for those sorts of players, the Bakers, the Rushings, the Williams of, of the world. There are other guys who, you know, we've talked about on on the show. Actually, just, just real quick to end, end today's show here, Brian. I haven't heard a lot about Oregon and David Stone, who, you know, we talked about a while Oklahoma. ago was Oregon being after. Is that Oklahoma. is that Oklahoma's going to come get him? Oh, well, he lives 30 minutes from there. I'm telling you now, barring something changes, he's going to Oklahoma. Okay. Okay. Let it, so, just let it ride. I mean, so you got to still recruit him. I get it. He's going to go to Oklahoma. Right. So we should probably just as fans move on from that. Oh, we could get David Stone as well, and the five-star defensive players that we're looking at are probably the the Rushings and the Williams and the maybe Williams Moneri uh, in there as well. But Stone is uh, out of the running here. But yeah, I have go a ahead. Little bonus for you. They we love a- we love bonus. And he's in my eyes the best interior offensive lineman of the country. I'll give you a hint. Shoes, because I sent you a photo the other day. Oh, that's right. Um, like, oh, see, if you I can remember the name now. I'm going to make you go on Oregon. State oh Street. no, I'm not. I'm not going to cheat. I've got a bunch of tabs <laughs> open as I'm recording the show. I could go into my DMs and do it. That would be cheating. Um, oh gosh. Ah, oh, it's so good. Eddie Pierre Lewis. He's a buddy of mine. Yeah. He's a Catholic in Tampa. Mm-hmm. He freaking loves Oregon. Uh, he had Oregon shoes on the other day. I went to see Big Eddie. Shot some video with him. Uh, I think right now they're the leader. So, and this is an elite player. Georgia really wanted him. Blah blah blah. And this he is twenty. Good. And this is twenty twenty four. That is correct. He is three hundred eighteen pounds of ferocity. It seems odd to me that that guy is going to go up against like sixteen year olds this year. Well, Eddie's another one of those kids that when I was introduced to him, he was a freshman in high school, and I didn't know it. And I said, "You're going to be a senior next year." His coach looked over at me and smiled and said, Brian, he's a freshman, right? <laughs> he was 310. 300-pound eighth grader, 310-pound <laughs> fresh. I don't know where they're making making oh, some of these humongous. kids, man. I mean, they're, he's they're made he for loves, this sort of stuff. He loves the Duck staff. They've done the best job of recruiting him out of everybody. That's awesome, awesome to hear. You love the geographical reach. We love having Brian Smith. He is at FBScout underscore Florida on Twitter, Locked On Recruiting Insider. Brian, thanks as always. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and go Ducks.